0: Um, A few things we're going to run through, and then we're going to get into uh, part four of our series that we have been in. Uh, I want to take a moment. uh, We realize, we recognize that, uh, as we say very often, that uh, this is not all about us as a church, and we want to lift up other churches in our community. Um, I was made aware of, it was an incredible story, um, of a a church in India, and the pastor there that someone in our congregation had been supporting uh, since he was a little boy. And now he is a grown adult and has now um, come to know the Lord and is now pastoring a church in India. And so today, I want to pray for them. Um, I want to pray for uh, pray for a church in another part of the world. And uh, his name is uh, Pastor Darlong, and his church is in India. So come on, can we just lift them up right now? I, I can't imagine. We live in uh, what I believe is the greatest country in uh, the world, and I... I I, I can't imagine. Um, sometimes we think that we go through persecution, and we think that we go through difficult things, and we do. Uh, but sometimes it just doesn't compare to what other people are 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 laying their lives on the line for the gospel and uh, to serve to serve Him. So let's just bow our heads and let's say a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for um, once again all the churches in our community. And Lord, we want to remember them today, but Lord, we specifically want to pray for this pastor in this church in India today. And Lord, I pray that your hand would be on them. We know that it is, that they have your favor, that your blessing is on them. And Lord, as they continue to follow you, no matter what they face, Lord, I pray that you would grow them. I pray that you would grow them numerically. I pray that you would grow them um, in more people coming to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I pray that you would grow them in their faith. And Lord, that they would be everything that you have called them to be. And God, we stand with them today, and we lift them up to you, their pastor, their congregation, everyone that is involved in leadership. God, we thank you for them, and we bless them, and we thank you, Lord, that you are the God um, who not just sees us, but you see everybody, Lord, all across this this world that we live on. And so, God, we ask you to to just bless them and um, further their ministry for the kingdom. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. All right, a few things really quick. Um, giving statements for 2020. Some of you have already grabbed those, but um, you should have gotten it in an email. If you got that in an email and you opened that email, we know you opened that email. And so uh, yours is not going to be uh, yours is not going to be out in the lobby, but we do have those for those of you that did not receive that uh, by email. Or if you opened that email and you deleted it, let us know and we can get you your giving statement. Uh, but out on the table by the door on the way out, you can pick that up for tax purposes, everything that you have uh, done to bless, bless the church here. So don't forget about that. Um, our, our shirts for 2023 should be in next weekend. And so if you're wanting to get a, a shirt, every year we do this shirt as a reminder all year long of what our word for the year is. And so all of our Dwell shirts, I'm excited about them um, and, and how we I just love that we're a church that, that you know, we just love to to portray what it is that God's doing in our lives and God's doing in our church. And this is a reminder. I pray that when you get this, that it'll be a reminder that every time you see it, you'll remember, man, this is the year that we are dwelling. We're focusing on dwelling in the presence of the Lord. You've heard me talking about the the mission trip, June the 9th through the 16th, in uh, the central part of Jamaica. $2,000 to go. It's a $250 deposit to reserve that spot. Next Sunday at 1230 after the the second service, uh, we're going to be meeting uh, for every person that's interested in going, and so I've heard from uh, actually several people that are very interested in going, and I'm excited about that, but if you're interested in going, uh, we want to be able to answer some questions, give you some information that we have, and, uh, and, and we'll have applications there, there are other forms that you'll be able to take with you as well that will need to be filled out before the trip goes, but you can pay that out, we do need to get the deposit ASAP so that we can get that sent off, and, and that helps with uh, reserving the, the plane tickets and, and all of those things, but uh, the rest of it can be paid out in increments, and, and so, um, so don't worry about having to come up with all that up front. But just remember, next Sunday, if you're interested in going, we're going to have a meeting, 1230, um, back in the back in the Next Steps room. So keep that in mind. Grow Groups begin next week. You heard this in the announcements. You can click on the, the Groups tab on the Church Center app, go to Grow Groups. There are 14 different Grow Groups uh, for this semester that you can be a part of. I know several of you have already signed up. You've already joined a group, and that's awesome. Uh, if you haven't done that, we, we believe this is a huge part of our vision and mission as a church and, and the, the discipleship aspect and the community aspect where uh, you get to be around other people uh, in a little more intimate setting and studying and growing together and building relationship together. So get signed up for a group if you haven't already. They begin next week. Some of them will begin on Sunday. I think they're on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So uh, there's an option for you, and, and uh, we want you to be in a group. And then you heard about it uh, also in the announcements, and you've been hearing about it for weeks now. But today is our is Give Big Sunday, and it's uh, where we give uh, big and praise and worship. That's why we're having a night of worship tonight to be able to end the fast together Uh, and celebrate but it's also where we honor God um, we honor God at the beginning of the year in the area of our finances and it's not that there's a specific number uh, that we're like hey everybody needs to give this no we just say you just be obedient to what the Lord wants you to do Uh, that looks different for every person so be obedient to what the Lord wants you to do you can do that at any point during the service if you want to we'll also um, at the very end uh, we'll have a time where we're obviously we're doing that during the last song as well so keep that in mind um, we are currently in the middle of a series based on uh, this word for 2023, which is dwell. Uh, we've talked about Psalm 91. I'm not going to read it today, but we know that this is something where we claim these promises over ourselves. And we've discovered that as we're claiming these promises over ourselves, uh, it is contingent upon us meeting the condition that is stating at the, stated at the beginning and in the middle of that chapter And it's he who dwells. It's the person that continues to dwell in the presence of the Lord, continues to dwell in the shelter of the Lord, that can expect to receive these things. Jesus himself said, abide, which is another translation of the same word. Abide, abide in me, um, and you can do much, but apart from me, you can do nothing. And sometimes we feel like we're doing a lot. But if it's, not, if it's not connected to Jesus, if we're not connected to the true vine, then really what we're doing is not making the difference that we think it is, and it's not accomplishing everything that we think it is, even though we may feel like we're doing a lot. Jesus said, apart from me, you really can do nothing. Like there, there's, there's nothing of real significance apart from being connected to Jesus. So we've talked about how the word dwell is translated as live uh, a lot throughout your Bible. And we've been asking ourselves this question, where do I keep going back to in my life? Because that is the place that you have been dwelling. And hopefully, as we've been going through the month of January, and you've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting, that uh, hopefully that has begun to shift. And uh, there are some new places that you're going to begin to dwell in, in the presence of God, in 2023. Maybe that you used to, or that you never have before, but God's doing something new in you. And so in part one, we talked about denying ourselves. We said that denying ourselves is necessary, it's uncomfortable, but it's life-giving. And you know this, come on, today's day 21 of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you did it, you did it, you made it, you made it, (laughs) you made it. Um, Today is day 21, and I I, want to encourage you to continue to fast. I know the temptation would be... Uh, to go ahead and, and go ahead and end your fast. I think there's something significant about continuing throughout the day, and let's come at, get back tonight, and let's worship together. And we love to break the fast in that way, and then there's several people that go out and eat. Come on, can I get an amen? Somebody. Go out to eat and drink coffee at 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> so we want you to come back tonight. You're going to want to be here for a uh, night of worship tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, As we end the fast together, it's going to be a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. I love when we gather together and fill the room with praise and worship, and and, uh, we focus on that, and our our attention is on God. You know, we're coming back together to just put all of our attention on Him, and uh, thank Him for what He's done, and give Him praise and worship. So, uh, part two, we talked about walking with the Lord, how you got to walk before you run, walk while you run. And then last week was Embrace the Truth. Uh, knowing the truth sets us free and we got to know the truth about us and who we are and about how we're living our lives and those things like that so you can get all of those on the podcast you can go back on the app and watch them Um, today uh, I want to jump into part four and I was thinking about uh, this topic I want to talk about today Um, anybody ever had uh, anybody ever had like a bucket list or places that you wanted to go see in your life you know it's like man if I could go see that place if I could go visit that place it would be next level I know for us Uh, One of the things that we were able to do, uh, it's almost been three years ago now on the mission trip, uh, is we were able to visit Washington, D.C. and walk around and see, you know, the monuments and uh, the Lincoln Memorial and uh, the Capitol Building and all these places that, you know, you see on TV all the time. Uh, but we were able to actually stand there and take pictures in front of these places and stand on the steps and all of these. And I was thinking to myself, as I was kind of reminiscing on that year and that opportunity, that day that we had to spend there, I thought to myself, man, that was like next-level stuff. Like, that was, that was something that you don't ever know. There's a lot of people that never get to experience things like that. I know another one for us is to be able to visit the Holy Land. Come on, I don't know if you've been there or not, but I've heard from people that have been there, uh, they said you'll never read your Bible the same ever again. You know, because after you've stood there and you've seen it and you've witnessed it and, you know, I've heard of people that went and they stood, you know, in the place that that where Jesus preached the sermon on the mount and they read through it in the Bible as they were standing there. And I'm thinking like, whew, it gives me just it gives me chills just even thinking about it. Right. Um, And so like some of those things we think, man, that would be on another level. If I could go there, if I could experience that, if I could see that with my own two eyes. Um, Another thing I was thinking about where are all my video game people at? Anybody like video games? Video gamers? Video gamers? A couple of people. Um, I I actually do enjoy uh, do enjoy video games, but I I couldn't tell you the last time that I've really sat down and played one. I mean, there's just um, I remember growing up in middle school and high school. It was like me and my friends we would get together and we'd be playing video games, and we had this thing, you know, like I'm a sports guy, so it, back then it was like NCAA football 2004 or something like that. You know, <laughs> I mean? it's like that's that's how long it's been since I played that game, and uh, I remember playing that game, and and we would you know we would do something significant. We had three different teams. We'd go in dynasty mode. Come on, if you ever played that, you know what I'm talking about. And we would do seasons and we would play it for hours and hours and hours trying to get better, trying to improve, trying to go undefeated, you know, trying to get to the place where we were facing each other. Um, I, I was thinking about some other games I remember growing up. Come on, anybody, Donkey Kong, anybody remember Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong, come on. Hey, what about Mario Kart? Come on, all my Mario Kart people. Mario Kart. I can still play some some Mario Kart. Like like it's nobody's business. I love Mario Kart. Or uh, what's the other one? Crash Bandicoot. Is that it's kind of like the same type of thing, but just a little bit different. Um, come on, anybody remember Zelda? Zelda. <laughs> come on, we're taking it back now. Super Mario Brothers. Come on, anybody remember when you used to have to put the, like the cartridge wouldn't work and you had to pull it out and blow in the end of the cartridge and put it back in and push it down and hope that it would work, you know? And you'd get like, you'd get 15 minutes into your game and then it would start flickering and blinking and you're like, ah, you know, it wasn't saved. And, and I remember the excitement of going to the next level and the next level. I remember the, the, the game, I know I'm prolonging this and you're thinking, is he going anywhere with this? I am, I promise. If... I remember, you know, there was one, I can't remember, I think it was Super Mario Brothers or maybe it was on the original Nintendo, and when you get to the end of a level, right, you'd get to that place and you'd run as fast as you could and you'd jump as high as you could and you'd grab that flag on that pole and you'd slide down and give you that many points for however high you got up on the flag, you know, it's like, woo, we're going to another level, we're going to another level, and I was thinking about that this last week, so I want to talk to you on this title today, I've, I've titled this message Level Up, Level Up, level up. I think that, I think in 2023, we hear this a lot. 2023 is going to be the best year of your life. You know, every year is going to be the best year of your life. We're going to get to 2024 and be like, 2024 is going to be the best year of my life. It's going to be awesome, right? But here's the reality, okay? The reality is, even though 2023 does have the potential to be the best year, and it can be the best year of your life, you're going to face things in 2023. You're not going to get 12 months You know, all the way through 2023 and never face anything difficult, anything sad, anything, you know, that wears you down. Any, you know, like you're going to face some discouraging things and some hard things and things are going to come your way in 2023. But um, but I think I I really do. I think that the Lord in this year um, and I'm going to talk about some specific areas today uh, that are very practical. But I but I think that the Lord wants to I, I really do. I think he wants to take you to another level. I don't, I don't think he wants you to stay where you have been. I think he wants to take you to another level in, in different areas of your life. And this is not going to be an exhaustive list today. But I think, um, I think there are three things that, that three areas of our lives that the Lord really impressed on my heart. As I was thinking about going to another level. And here's what level up means. It means to improve or increase or to make something improve or increase so that it is as good as something else. And I was thinking about this to level up some areas in my life, it means that I'm trying to, it's not that I'm just trying to get better, I I do want my life to be better, I want these areas of my life to be better, but it's not just about getting better, it's it's this last part that stuck out to me, so that it is as good as something else, and it made me think, so that it's as good as God intended for it to be, that when God created me, he created me with purpose and plan, and and that that I would serve him in this way, and that He's continually transforming me and transforming me and transforming me so that I can be more like Jesus and so that I can be more like who God intended for me to be. And here's what I want to be able to say is that leveling up in a place I, is a place I keep coming back to in my life. That leveling up, increasing, improving, getting better, going deeper with the Lord, it's a place where I dwell. it's a place where I live. I keep coming back to there. How can I get closer to God? How can I be in his word more? How can I set aside more time to just be in his presence? I just want to keep going higher and higher and higher and higher and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper deeper in my relationship with the Lord. And I do believe that in 2023, um, I think that God wants to take you to places you've never been before. And for some of us, it makes us uncomfortable. Because we've always done it a certain way. We've always seen it a certain way. We've always experienced it a certain way. We've kind of found our comfort zone in areas of our life. And I think that God wants to take us to some places we've never been before. I think he wants to help you improve or increase in some areas of your life so that they are what he intended for you based on his word. And I want us really to be able to celebrate at the end of 2023, right, all these new levels that we've experienced. It's like when we get to the end of 2023 and we're sitting here and it's around Christmas time, and we're thinking, man, look at what God did in my life, look at what God did in our church. Look at what God did in our relationships. Look at what God did. Like, like He took us to another level. We surrendered to Him. And I was, I was reading this verse or these verses. Here's what God's Word says. This is Proverbs 3, and uh, we're super familiar with these, but it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise. Come on. Do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and turn away from evil and i think that uh, i think there are some specific areas of our lives where we tend to lean into our own understanding there there just are there are some areas in our lives where we tend to lean into what we know we tend to lean into what we have always seen we tend to lean into what we have always ex- always experienced and well it's always going to be that way or i need to do it that way because that's what i've always always seen in my life right? that's what I saw growing up there are some areas in our lives where we we tend to lean into our own understanding and I think we need to lean more into the word of God more into the Holy Spirit in our lives and and level up in some areas and so um, I think that if we want to level up in these areas of our lives it's only going to come by applying God's word to these areas of our lives so I want to give you three points and each one of them is an area of our life that here's what I believe If we level up and we get this right, okay? And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. None of us are ever going to be perfect. But we can continue to go deeper in the Lord in these areas of our lives, okay? And I really think that these three areas, these three practical areas are areas that are attacked by the enemy. And here's the reason why. These scare him. If you ever ever applied God's word really in what we're going to talk about today, in three very practical areas, it really does scare the enemy, and I think that's why he fights us in these areas. So here's uh, here's point number one. I think I think we need to level up in prayer, and I know right now you're thinking, well, we've already been you know like we've been in 21 days of prayer, you know like I've been the last two Sunday nights I've been here for prayer. I mean we were we were seeing. Uh, I mean we were believing people to be healed We were believing that God was going to do supernatural things We are believing I mean we've even heard testimonies of things that God has done already Or that he's begun to do in people's lives Um, I think that a strong prayer life scares the enemy And I think that's why he attacks it I think that's why Every time you sit down to pray Or you try to pray You start thinking about other things you start getting distracted by other things you you almost condemn yourself because you don't know how to pray and the enemy starts whispering in your ear see you don't know how to pray the enemy starts whispering in your ear see even when you pray it doesn't do any good the enemy starts whispering in your ear see even when you pray nothing happens We haven't seen it yet. If God was really hearing your prayers, wouldn't he have done something? I mean, why are you still praying? I think that God wants to take us to another level. This is why we've been so focused on it at the beginning of this year and even at the end of last year where we've been setting aside more times to gather corporately and pray. And I've been challenging you even in your own personal lives. You need time to pray. Like you need moments, uh, somebody had said that you need like, they had, like a prayer chair. You need somewhere where you know this is where I go and I meet with God. This is the time that I do it. Like I've set an appointment to have time to pray. And I think we need to level up in our prayer lives. I think that, that prayer uh, is something that the enemy fights so hard because it's our communion with God. Uh, <laughs> prayer aligns our will with God's will. It takes the thing, listen, that we're facing and shows that we trust God with it. It's the moment where we are able to say, I trust God with this. I'm casting my cares on him because he cares for me. That's what, like I'm in prayer, I'm giving it over to God. And I'm listening for his voice. I'm listening for his direction. I'm listening for what he wants to do. Prayer is a way, I mentioned this last week. I want to read this verse though, but prayer is a way that we practice our righteousness. I was reading through the Sermon on the Mountain again over the last couple of weeks And Matthew 6:1. Jesus says, take care not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people, to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. And so he's making the point, really, that there were people, um, and maybe you've met people like this, I don't know. But there were people that, that, that were even following Jesus around, trying to catch him in things and trying to catch the things that he said and they were practicing their righteousness they were they were giving so that they could be seen they were praying so that they could be seen they were fasting and while they were fasting they were you know making themselves look like they were fasting so that everybody would think like man there's a spiritual person i wish i could be like that guy i wish i could be like that person like drawing all the attention to themselves and right after jesus makes this statement about being careful not to practice your righteousness in the sight of people, that's when he says things like, so when you give, and then he gives instructions on how to, like, give in secret. Like, don't let your left hand, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, you know, because God sees what's done in secret. And it's not that you can't give something in public. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's a heart posture. Like, you're not doing it to be seen. You're doing it because it's what God laid on your heart to do or what is the, the right thing to do, and so you're doing it in that way. And so he says things like when you give and and whenever you fast and when you pray, you know, like go in your closet. Pray to the God who sees what's done in secret. And the one who sees what's done in secret will reward you. And don't be like the the hypocrites who are praying out in the street corners and wanting everybody to see how great they can pray and know that they are people that pray. And so they're going to pray out in front of everybody just to be seen by them. And he says because their reward, that is their reward. They have no other reward waiting on them because they're more focused on doing it for people than they are doing it for God. And the thing, and, and Jesus is giving this instruction, but prayer really is a way that we, we practice our righteousness. Prayer is one of the things that Jesus mentioned and that Jesus modeled because it was something he always intended for his followers to do. I love the wording. If you read through Matthew, Matthew 6 and you read through these statements, where Jesus is saying, so when you give, in other words, you're going to give as my follower. That's what, that's what my followers do. They give. And when you fast, like, you're going you're gonna to fast as my follower. When you pray, you're going to pray as my follower. It's an assumption like, hey, when you do it, do it in this way. And I think for, for some of us, all we ever saw and all we have leaned into in our lives is worry and anxiety. Come on, anybody relate to that? Like, so many times you lean into worry. And you lean into anxiety. I think for some of us, we've been devoted to a lot of things in our lives, but prayer hasn't been one of the things that we've been devoted to. We've been devoted to a lot, but we haven't been devoted to prayer. For some of us, we've always felt like we couldn't approach God with anything. Come on, anybody ever felt like you couldn't approach God with anything? Everybody ever felt like you were in that place where you were like, I'm not even good enough to come to God right now. Everything that's in my past, everything I've been walking through right now, I can't even even approach God in this area. For some of us, we've just never made prayer a priority. And for some of us, we struggle to believe that God actually hears us when we pray. And maybe the enemy has convinced you that God doesn't hear you. He's not going to hear you. He's not going to do anything with that. He's not going to answer you. Why are you wasting your time? And some of us, we struggle in that way. And I want to read you um, several verses here that talk about prayer and talk about coming to the Lord, and some of them you're familiar with, some of them you may be more familiar with than others. The first one is Philippians 4, where Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by what? Prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen, not only is prayer what we need to do instead of being worried or anxious, but prayer is what invites the peace of God into our lives. Amen. When we decide, I'm not going to be anxious for anything, but I'm going to take everything to God in prayer, then the peace that passes all comprehension, all understanding, it'll guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Like you'll experience that peace in your life. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it says, devote yourselves to what? Prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. And in, in Acts, you know, we see that one of the things the first church was devoted to was prayer. You can go back and read in Acts 2, and one of the things in that list where it says, and they were devoted to, one of them is prayer. You can read instances where they were being persecuted, they were on trial, they were released, or they were beaten, or whatever, and they would go back to the other followers, and they wouldn't complain about it, and they wouldn't talk about it. The first thing they did was they said, we need to pray. Let's pray. And what were they praying for? Boldness to keep doing what God had called them to do. Like, no matter what we face, we're going to pray that we're going to be bold. We're going to pray that we're going to communicate the gospel effectively. This is... This is what we're going to be devoted to. And the problem isn't whether or not we know how to be devoted. Okay? It, do you know how to be devoted to something? We're devoted to a lot of things. We understand how to be devoted. Listen, some of us, we're devoted to posting on social media. I mean, we're devoted. Anybody ever, anybody ever been in the place where, where you were like, Oh, I didn't post on social media today. I didn't, I didn't share anything today. Like, we, we're devoted to certain things. We're devoted to our favorite football team. Come on. Even though they lost last week.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're rooting for the wrong team. <laughs> like, we're, we're devoted to certain things in our lives. I mean, even to the point where anybody ever been devoted to a, a sporting event or a team, and when your team lost, it ruined your day? I mean, you were like, don't talk to me. <laughs> For the rest of the day, don't talk to me. Like, I need to go to bed tonight and wake up, and it's a new day tomorrow. But today, don't talk to me because my team lost. I mean, that's devotion. We know how to be devoted. We're, we're devoted to a lot of things, but what if we took prayer to another level this year? What if we were devoted to prayer in 2023? What if you woke up every day and you spent time in prayer in 2023? You said, I'm going to level up my prayer life. I'm going to another level in my prayer life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Prayer is a part of the will of God for us as believers. It's in the list. For this is the will of God for you, who are in Christ Jesus. And I think that the Bible is talking about, uh, when it says this, pray without ceasing, I, I, I read it this way. It's to make it an unvarying practice. In other words, here's, here's how I wrote it down. I don't just pray when I need something. It's my practice. Amen. I don't just pray when I'm in need. No, I just pray all the time. Prayer is something that I just do. I don't, I don't just pray when things are hard. It's my practice. It's what I do. I am a person who prays. I don't just pray every once in a while. It's my practice. I'm a person who prays. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. I love these verses. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things just as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help. At the time of our need. We can approach God with confidence because of Jesus. What Jesus did. Allows us to approach God with confidence. And boldness. And we can walk into his presence. And we can be thankful. And we can be grateful. And we can make our requests known. And we can do all of these things. We can approach him with confidence. Because of what Jesus did. Jesus. It says that he sympathizes with our weaknesses. When we when we come to God. I, I hear it this way in my mind. When he sympathizes with our weaknesses. He sympathizes with what we're going through. He's been through. You know, like he experienced the things that we experience. And I picture it this way in my mind, that whenever we come to God in prayer, Jesus is like, I know exactly what they're feeling. I know exactly what they're going through. I, I, I get it. Come on, is anybody thankful today that you serve a risen Savior who gets it? <laughs> Listen, when you, go to, when you go to him in prayer, you're not praying to somebody just out there. You're praying to somebody who gets it. Who left heaven, came to earth, lived a perfect sinless life, was mocked, ridiculed, crucified, buried, and then rose again. And it says that he can sympathize with our weaknesses and he experienced what we experience. Like he walked in our shoes. He gets it. It encourages me to know that Jesus gets it. 1 John five fourteen through 15 This is the confidence we have, which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. I was reading something this last week that was talking about these verses. And if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. One of the best ways to know that you're praying according to the will of God is to pray scripture. That there are models of prayer in the Bible. There are, there are, there are things in the Bible. But not just that. Uh, one, one pastor was saying it this way. He said, we, we don't need to be ashamed or afraid to pray for things. Like he said, prayer is our responsibility. God will sort out his will. God knows what his will is, and our responsibility is to pray and trust him. Pray and trust him. To take everything to God and to trust him with the results. And what would it look like, come on, for you to increase in your prayer life in 2023? Just some practical things, you know, we've been providing opportunities as a church, and I mentioned these, 21 days of prayer and fasting and prayer nights at the church that, you know, will continue each month where we'll have a night of prayer. We've already seen God working in these ways, but maybe something that will help you increase in your prayer life. Uh, just some practical things, maybe um, if you're on the Bible app, maybe it's the guided prayer on the Bible app. I don't know if you've ever tried that before, but there's actually a thing on the Bible app where we'll guide you through praying Scripture you can actually put prayer requests like prayer notes in the Bible app and it'll it'll pick two or three of those every single day and you can pray through those things and pray through scripture and it'll help you do that maybe it's making a prayer list to go through each day you know like these are the things I want to pray for each day and every time you find a need or there's a family member that comes to your mind you write them down and you're going to pray for them every single day. It could be the Pray First app that I've talked to you about that, you know, guides you through praying biblical prayers and spiritual warfare prayers and, you know, tabernacle prayer and uh, the prayer of Jabez and the Lord's Prayer and all these models of prayer, how you can pray scripture in your life, or maybe it's just writing out your prayers each day. I know sometimes this is the the thing that helps me the most, is, is sometimes it's hard to verbalize. Anybody ever, like, you just found yourself it's hard to verbalize it, hard to get it out, but when I start to write it down or I start to type it out, into a note or something, it's like I'm typing out, I'm writing out my prayer to God. And then I'll read through it and be like, God, this is what I'm praying. This is what I'm believing you for. This is what I'm, I'm hoping and praying for that you'll do in my life. This is what I need you to, to do in my life today. So we're going to level up in prayer. Here's, here's point number two. Um, level up in marriage. I, I believe with all my heart that a strong marriage scares the enemy yeah. to death. Why else would the enemy come so hard against biblical marriage? I mean, in every way. Trying to confuse us about what marriage is. And who can and can't. And what's okay and what's not okay. And what we should do and what we shouldn't do. It's because a strong biblical marriage terrifies the enemy. They're like... I was reading through, I just want to look at Ephesians 5, just at the end of this passage, 31 and 32. It says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And he says, This mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. I love what, what one theologian said in regards to this. I want to read this to you. He says, Ephesians five thirty-one is a quotation of Genesis two twenty-four. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. Then Paul adds in verse 32, this is a great mystery, and I take it to mean Christ and the church. The union of man and woman in marriage is a mystery because it conceals, as in a parable, a truth about Christ and the church. The divine reality hidden in the metaphor of marriage is that God ordained a permanent union between his son and the church. Human marriage is the earthly image of his divine plan. As God willed for Christ and the church to become one body, so he willed for marriage to reflect this pattern, that the husband and wife become one flesh. It is no accident that human marriage provides language to explain Christ's relation to the church. For human marriage is the copy, not the original. Jeffrey Bromley is right when he says this, As God made man in his own image, so he made earthly marriage in the image of his own eternal marriage with his people. I believe that our marriages should reflect the love, the respect between husband and wife that exists between Christ and the church. Like, earthly marriage is a copy, it's a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. That he is the, the bridegroom and we are the bride. That there is unity. That he has prayed that, hey, I, like I'm, there is going to be a marriage that happens. And earthly marriage is supposed to be a representation, I think, to the world around us of the relationship between Jesus and his church. And this is why it's so important. This is why listen, I, I think that we need to we need to go deeper. Like we need to level up. We need to go to another level in our marriage relationships. Like we need to we need to maybe I don't know, maybe do something different than what we've been doing. Here's why I think this is difficult for some of us, is some of us grew up seeing marriage one way and it skewed our view of it. We saw it one way and it skewed our view of what God intended for it to be. Or that some of us, come on, we saw our parents' marriage fail and it skewed our view of it. And we see it through that lens. We see it through the lens of what we've experienced. Some of us, adopted a view listen some of us adopted this view that i don't need a man and i don't need a woman and when we got married we kept the same attitude in marriage we grew up and we were taught you don't need anybody and i don't believe that marriage completes you you're 100 complete in christ but whenever you get married, it's no longer i don't need you and you don't need me and i can do this on my own if i have to No, it's 100% and 100% coming together, giving their all, and being unified in marriage. The reality is that marriage is a beautiful thing, and I love the way that Jimmy Evans says it, if you ever listen to Jimmy Evans. He says, your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If we will do marriage God's way, it will work. It will. You have a 100% success rate when you do it God's way, which begs the question, what is God's way? And, and one big key to us having healthy marriages is found in Ephesians 5, and I'm not going to read all of it, and some of you are thankful that I'm not going to read all of it because you don't like to read it yourselves. <laughs> you're like, you get to Ephesians five twenty two and you're just like, yeah, let's go on to the armor of God. You know, let's just go on to chapter 6. I don't, I don't, need, to, I don't need to be reminded of the rest of this, right? But it's, it's a beautiful picture of how God designed marriage. And the reason, listen, the reason, not that it's difficult because it'll be difficult in in times and seasons, but the reason that that it fails is because we fail to do it God's way. And look at just the very last verse of this passage. This is Ephesians 5, verse 33. He says, Nevertheless, as for you individually, each husband is to love his own wife the same as himself, And the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Which begs the question, why is this such a big deal? Why is this such a big deal? If you go back to verse 22, submit to one another. And then it goes through what it looks like for the, the husband and the wife to submit to one another. And then at the very end, it wraps it up and sums it up this way. I think it's because this is how God wired us. This is how we were created as men and women. And in fact... Research shows that the greatest need of a man is respect and the greatest need of a woman is security. The greatest need for a man is respect and the greatest need for a woman is security. And if you listen to Jimmy Evans, he teaches this over and over and over and over and over again in practical ways. That this is how we were created. This is how we were designed. And I was thinking, what shows more respect to your husband than trusting him and honoring him with your actions and your words? I mean, it's like it's filling the cup that, that God naturally put on the inside of him, that this is the greatest need for him. What is more security to a woman than a husband who is willing to lay his life down and put her first? What could make anybody feel more secure than, men? Than, I know my husband, he would lay his life down for me and he would put me first in everything and I never even have to worry about that. He's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of our marriage. He's going to take care of me. Like There's security in that. And isn't it interesting that how we were wired and how the Bible describes marriage completely line up? That if we'll do it God's way, it works every single time. And so just some practical things. Maybe uh, maybe for most of us, we need to be reminded that marriage is spelled (laughs) W-O-R-K. Well, if I meet my soulmate, I won't have to work at it. How's that working out for you? Well, I must have married the wrong person because it's not easy. Well, marriage was never promised to be easy. It can be a success if you do it God's way. But man, there are some things that you've got to work at the relationship. You've got to work at it. Just some practical things. Start going on a regular date night. Just start going on a regular date night. What would it look like for you to start dating your spouse again? In 2023, you know what I'm going to do? Something we haven't done in a long time. We're going to start going out on a date. We're going to start going out on a date. And I'm going to fix my hair. <laughs> and I'm going to put on pants. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'm going to iron my shirt. <laughs> and we're going to go out on a date. And we're just going to have conversation. We're going to talk. We're going to walk. And we're going to hold hands. And we're going to date each other again. We, maybe it could be learn the things that your spouse likes and dislikes. Read the Bible together. Do a Bible plan together. I love the Bible app for that because you can do plans with people. We've been doing 21-day plan together as a church for everybody that's been in that. There's been several of you in that. But do that together with your spouse. Like, find There's a category for marriage. And go through there and do a Bible plan together for seven days or for 21 days or for an entire year or whatever it is and, and comment back and forth. And, and it's a way that you can connect. If uh, Just some practical things. If you think something nice, say it. I said if you think something nice say it don't just keep it to yourself but let them know like I had a nice thought I'm going to verbalize that right turn off the tv and start to talk to each other come on nobody likes nobody likes watching their show and winding down at the end of the day watching tv than me but sometimes you just got to turn that thing off and say we're going to sit here for 20 minutes and just talk we're going to sit here for an hour and just talk we're just going to we're going to just Go for a walk and we're gonna talk. We're gonna connect. Listen, for some of us, maybe this is, this is the practical thing. Stop putting the kids ahead of your marriage. I'll let you know a little secret your kids will move out, your spouse will still be there. And the, your kids, you're gonna have your kids for a very brief, very brief portion of your marriage, and then they're gonna be gone. And you're going to be looking at each other thinking, what do we do now? <laughs> because everything was about them. And I know there are things like we're, we take our kids multiple places and three of our four kids are in basketball on three different teams with three different practices and three different game times every single week. Come on. I mean, it's easy. It's easy to do. But you got to make sure that you're like the best thing, the best thing that your, your kids can see is you succeeding in marriage yeah. and putting your marriage first. So that when they grow up, they look and they're like, no, I I know what this looks like. I saw my mom and dad do it for years. They went on a date night. I saw them holding hands. I got up out of my bed one night after they told me, don't get up out of my bed one night. (laughs) And they were sitting on the couch talking to each other. And I thought they'd been there watching TV. I've seen what it looks like to connect with my spouse. And it'll help them. It'll help them more than you always putting them ahead of you. When they see that, no, mom and dad always made time for each other. They were connected. They made sure their marriage was important. Let's be intentional. Let's increase. Let's improve in our marriages in 2023. And then here's point number three. Level up in generosity. Now, if you've been a part of our church for any length of time, you know I cannot go the month of January without talking to you about generosity. Normally around this time of year, I'll do an entire message on giving and generosity and all those things, and I didn't do that, but I want to mention it briefly as we end today. Here's the great thing about, about generosity. Generosity is not an emotion. Some of us look at generosity as an emotion. And when we get stirred up and we feel something, then we'll be generous. If we get stirred up and there's an emotion that we have, we give. We give there's an emotion we have, we'll, we'll be generous with our, with our time. If there's, if there's something that happens in our life that stirs something up in us. Here's another great thing about generosity. Generosity isn't an amount. Generosity is not an amount. Here's, here's what I would encourage you to do. I, and, and there's another pastor that I listen to that says this all the time. He says, like, generosity is planned. Generosity is pre-decided. Generosity is, is not necessarily an amount as much as it is percentage giving. That we've said, hey, this is th- like, we have already decided this percent we're going to give. Now, I could talk to you about the biblical principle of tithing. I could talk to you about offerings. I could talk to you all about that. And I, it, today's not the day. I don't feel led to do that today. But generosity is not an amount. It's a decision. It's a de- It's a lifestyle. It's a heart posture that, I, you know who we are? We're just generous. We've already decided that we're just, we're just going to be generous. We're just going to live generously. Generosity is a choice. It's, it's about priority. And here's the great news about gen, like financial generosity. No matter what your income is, you can be generous. I want to I wanna read you, Mark 12 records this instance, and I love this. Verses 41 through 44. says, And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and began watching how the people were putting money into the treasury. How many of y'all would like that? I'm just going to pull up a chair back at the giving boxes, or I'm going to pull up a chair next to you as you get online. Come on, Jesus sat down right next to where they were giving. Did you know this is in your Bible? It's time to give, and Jesus sits down at the money box. And as everybody's coming through, they're putting their money in. And Jesus is watching how they're giving. I mean, for some of us, that'd make us completely uncomfortable. I, have t- I, I tend to think that Jesus would, like, like, if you, if Jesus was here right now in the flesh, he'd probably make you uncomfortable. <laughs> Jesus sits down at the offering bucket, and it's like, let's just see how everybody gives. Let's just see what's going on. It says that he sits down opposite the treasury. He began watching how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large amounts. And a poor widow came and put in two lepta coins, which amount to a quadrant. This would be like putting in two pennies. Somebody's writing a big check. And right behind the big check comes two little pennies. And look at what Jesus says. Calling his disciples together. In other words, Jesus was like, teaching moment. I've been watching how everybody's given, teaching moment. You know, it's one of those like, everybody come here. Everybody come here. And look at what he says. He said to them, Truly I say to you, the poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus. But she out of her poverty put in all she owned. All she had to live on. You know what I think the difference was? I think it was a heart. Because all the, all, all the big checks that were going in there, it was like, Not even as much as two pennies was to this woman. And Jesus sits down at the at the offering bucket. Says, let's see, let's 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 see what's going on. And he calls everybody together and says, She gave more than everybody. She gave more than everybody. Bring the worship team back. Here's what Paul said, Second Corinthians nine. I love this because we base so much of what we do off of these verses. Now I say this, the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows generously will also reap generously. Did you know that you can't reap something that you've never planted? If you don't put it in the ground, you can't reap anything. It says the one who reaps sparingly, or sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. The one who sows generously, reaps generously. Each one must do just as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, We've talked to you about this. This is why we tell you about honoring God at the beginning of the year weeks in advance. Because this is about you praying and about asking God and about doing what he says to do. For God loves, I love this, a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good need as it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. In other words, you'll be blessed so that you can continue to be a blessing. He'll give you more seed so that you can continue to sow more seed and invest the harvest of your, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. I love this, that God loves a cheerful giver. God loves it when we decide to be generous with what we have and we give cheerfully. He loves it whenever we, we, we like, we're excited. We're like, I can't, like, I'm so excited that God put this on my heart. I'm so excited that God called me to give to that. I'm so excited that God called me to be generous with my time in that area. Like, whew. Like this extra time that I have, and I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to do with this time? And he said, I want you to do this. I want you to start serving here. I want you to start being a part of that. That thing, that passion that I put on your heart, I want you to start doing something about that. And I want you to be generous with your time. I want you to be generous with the gifts and the talents I've given you. I want you to be generous with the the resources that I've given you. Generosity is a a decision. We stand to your feet. I love this. This is in the Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 9 and 10, look at what it says. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Then, everybody say then Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. What is what is the proverb? What is the principle? What is wisdom teaching us? That when we honor the Lord, it doesn't say give a thousand dollars. Like when you give a thousand dollars, this will happen. It doesn't say when you give $50,000, this will happen. It says when you honor the Lord. Just when you honor the Lord, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. There's something significant about honoring the Lord. One of my favorite verses about the importance of generosity is in Proverbs 11. It says there is one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there's one who withholds what is justly due and yet it results only in poverty. A generous person will be prosperous and one who gives others plenty of water will himself be given plenty. The message, paraphrase of the Bible, says it this way. says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And here's the reality. And I want to invite my wife to come up here. Here's, here's the reality I I know I I try to remind you often, but you're such a generous church. There's so much that we're able to do in the community through what you already give. And this this offering today, this moment of giving today, and whatever you've been praying, God put on your heart, it's not about an amount. It's about honoring God. God. And we've said it before, Jesus talked so much about money when he was here on the earth. Because money might be the thing that fights for your devotion more than anything else in your life. And at the beginning of the year, us as a family, and you, our church family, we we just knew from the get-go what we need to do at the beginning of the year is we need to take the thing that has that has this tendency to try to take our devotion away from God and get our money on material things and or our minds on material things and what we have and 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 holding on to it. And we need to open our hands and say, Nope, God, this is yours. And whatever you want to do with it, I'm gonna honor you and I'm gonna be obedient. I'm gonna honor you and I'm gonna be obedient. So I've asked, um, I've asked Amanda to come up and I want her to just pray. And here's what we're gonna pray. Um we're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing one final song. And during this final song, um, you can you can give the the offering boxes are on the back wall. Don't worry, I'm not gonna pull up a chair back there and see what's going on, <laughs> even though Jesus would if he was here. I'm just saying, no. Or you can do it online. There's there's a tab that says "Give Big Offering 23 2023" something like that. And and here's what you're doing. Is, is this going to go to further the ministry of our church? Like, is this going to be able to be a blessing and, and, like, funnel through the church to be able to do more things in our community? Of course it is. Of course it is. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that that's not going to happen. It's going to be a blessing to the church, but not just to the church. It's going to be a blessing through the church, to the community and to missions and to, you know, everything that God's called us to do. But it's not about that. As we were praying and we were even talking again this morning about what it is that God put on our heart to do. It's it's not about that. We just want to be obedient. And at the beginning of the year, we're saying, you know what? No matter what comes my way, no matter how much I have or how much I feel like I don't have, it all belongs to God. That's right. And we're going to honor Him with it. We're going to honor Him with it. So I want to ask my wife to pray. And as we sing this last song in just a moment, um, you can if, if you want to do it during this last song, or you you know whatever it is, you're going to drop it back there on your way out, or you're going to you know give on your way home or whatever. Um, that's between you and the Lord. However you want to do that, you do have the opportunity during this last song um, to to do it in that moment, and I think that's a that's a cool moment to do it as we're worshiping with, with our voices and with song that uh, we worship in that way as well. But I've asked Amanda to just pray over uh, what it is that God's called you to do, and just pray over uh, over your finances for this year, that as you honor God, that, that he's going to honor that so that you can continue to be a blessing to other people, that he'll continue to give seed for you to sow and bread for you to eat, and that you won't just have enough, but that you have more than enough so that you can share, so that you can be rich in good deeds, so that you can, you can do what it is that God wants you to do. And honor him so will you pray
1: i want to encourage you real quick before i pray is that how do you honor him today you obey you know we don't we don't pass the bucket we both grew up doing that and not condemning anyone else that does but we just believe that there's there's a reason we give not under moments of pressure but under moments of obedience to the Lord. And you know, some of you may have heard the story as he shared about the woman with the two mites, and you're like, sweet, giving the two pennies in my pocket. You know, if that's what the Lord told you to give today, then you give that. Because the Lord's going to drop a number in your head. When we prayed about this, we didn't pull out a calculator. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't make sense a lot of times what the Lord asks us to do because it is a sacrifice but we remind our heads, we remind our hearts, we tell our lives, we tell it all, it all belongs to him. It all belongs to him. And you honor him today by obeying him, by laying it before him. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we are not a church that we don't say, oh, this is prosperity gospel because you give, Father. We believe that you have put a principle in place, Lord, that you speak up multiple times in your word. Lord, in Malachi, you say to test you in this way, Lord, to see that if we don't give to you, to watch what you do. And God, I pray, Lord, that you help us to always be generous in what we do, Father, in what we give. I pray, Lord, that in every way, Lord, we want to honor you. And I pray, Lord, that in each and every person, Lord, you'll give them the boldness to obey. Whether in a dollar, in a hundred, in 25, in 25,000, God, you know what you've dropped on their hearts. And I thank you, Lord, that between you and them, may they honor you today. May we honor you today. And I thank you, Lord, God, that you will multiply what was given Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are blessing each and every person in here, Father. But God, more than anything, in this song that we sang today, may we bless you. May we bless you. May we glorify you. May we honor you in all that we do, in all that we give today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Come on, let's worship together. We are glad that you're here and uh, I want to do a few things before we get into the message. We're going to be in part four of our series today. Um, I had somebody